You are listening to the Brenton Thwaites Hour, presented by Exceptional Thieves. Well, it was nice meeting you, and once again, my apologies for being such a clumsy fool. I'm looking for a pirate, Captain Jack Sparrow. You hear me? Nothing bad's gonna happen to you. Do you know how long I've been waiting for this moment? The risks I've taken to be here. Any good movies lately? I watched The Signal. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm going to tell you about the Fear Street trilogy because we didn't talk about it last week. Okay. Because you haven't watched it yet. Yeah. But I watched it. Yeah, I know you did. It's you told a trilogy me. told it backwards. Right. So the first one is set in the 90s, the second one is set in the 70s, and the third one is set in the 1600s. And it jumps in that order. And cool. then you, you get little scenes of the 90s because the 90s is like the present time for it. So yep. the characters from that are trying to solve whatever's going on. Hashtag okay. would recommend. Yeah. But okay. only if you can watch all of them. Okay. Otherwise, it'll just be a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'll see if I can bring myself to do it. Cool. What have you seen of late? I saw, I saw the second series of Black Summer. Okay. I didn't watch Did- the first. You, it's one of my favorite zombie things I've ever seen. Well, that's good. Yeah. Black Summer is not fucking around. Good. Is it? Because um, I was worried it was just going to be like, oh, lovely, Walking Dead again. Well, no. It's it, well, it's running zombies, for starters. That's the dream. That's so, the fucking dream. So it's 28 Days Later world, yeah. basically. Or, it's the raged. Or Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead world. And... I, as, someone, as someone who's consumed a lot of zombie content, mm-hmm. as though it were delicious, delicious brains, yes, I am personally, like, you get quite tired of having to watch the characters figure out what zombies are, and lots of zombie movies think they're going to do a scene where the characters agonize over what they should do about someone who's been bitten. Which was good about yeah. the first season of Walking Dead, yeah, and it w- kicks off halfway through. Yeah, and we're all just, like, way past that. Yeah. You know, like as an audience member, we're so accustomed to this concept that whilst it's understandable that the characters encountering it for the first time would struggle with it, it's just not engaging to an audience because we've gone we've gone through this, like whatever. Yes. In season two of Black Summer, no spoilers, one guy who has his team of guys, one of those guys has an in has a fight with a zombie in the middle of this larger fight that's going on, and the the main guy goes over to him and rather than even rather than being any debate about what they should do or even whether he's actually been bitten as he tries to tell him to stop he just executes his mate immediately and moves on because in this world there isn't even time to check properly whether someone's been bitten it's more effective to just kill them even though they're on your team to keep trying to win the larger battle that they're a part of Okay. That's how intense Black Summer is. In Black Summer, the second season is in the winter, is it not? The second season is in the winter. I think the first season is still the strongest, okay. but the second season is very strong. And the reason I thought of it is it does some non-linear storytelling where it'll show you part of a scene, well it it'll, it'll show you it'll show you something and then it'll go back a bit in that scene and show you the, the bit before it and you realize you've seen the end 
but as you go back and watch each section it recontextualizes the stuff that came later so even though you've seen the end of the scene you don't really understand what's happened until you get all the way to the beginning of the scene okay it's really cool oh i will i will endeavor to to find time to watch black summer black summer the blackest summer bit of craig news oh not a lot of Craig news going around, but there's you know there's just a there's just a little bit of press leaking out here and there as as we inch towards no time to die. Um, still October. It's still October at this stage. When it comes out, it will be two years since the press originally started for this film. They started advertising this film in October of two thousand and nineteen. I'm so ready to just watch it. Look, we built up so much hype around it for ourselves going through the previous incarnation of this podcast, Craigslist. Feel free to go back and listen to us review everything Daniel Craig has ever been in. And that now I feel like that I want to make sure I can get that back, you know? The get, hype. Get that degree of hype and pressured excitement that we had because it was going to be this, you know, climax, as it were. Yes. And uh, a, a frankly, you know, orgasmic climax to a, a, a real sort of, karma sutra of film reviewing where we really really dragged it out we are very much the sting of reviewing daniel craig content he does karma sutra isn't he i'm pretty sure he does talked about that on parkinson or something daniel craig no sting oh st definitely that is definitely something sting he's got that to. vibe right yes yeah he's he's, he's got that sort of White middle-aged English guy, but burns incense kind of deal. He does have that fun. You know, you just imagine him kneeling somewhere in a kimono. Anyway, uh, there was a new interview with uh, Daniel Craig talking about how and why he decided he decided to come back for this movie. People keep talking about how oh he's just he just did it for the paycheck and whatever, and I definitely don't think Daniel Craig would have done that. I don't think that's a Daniel Craig kind of thing to do. No. First of all, he's a million squillionaire, yep. so who cares? And second of all, the art has always come first. Uh, yeah, from the get-go, I can see that the art will always have come first. The art always comes first for Daniel Craig. So in this interview, which is on Good Morning America, he says, first of all, he thought he wasn't physically capable of coming back. But then after a while, um, first of all, his family had forgiven him for being away for so long. God, thanks. Thanks, Rachel. And then he says uh, about the idea of coming back for one last hurrah as James Bond. It's interesting to explore his emotions because he's, he's a cut-off character. He doesn't feel like other people because he's a killer. On Casino, he loses the love of his life, and then the shutters come down. On Quantum, the flawed movie that it is, Daniel Craig says... What are you talking about, Daniel Craig? Dude, it's the second best vindication. one. Vindication. It's about revenge. And Skyfall is about M. It's about loss. They're big themes. And I think, yeah, why not have big themes? And you're, you're, you're bloody right, Daniel. That's a, that's a very good point. A very great and incisive point. Why not have big <laughs> themes? That's what I say. And so the theme of this next one is about love and family. Bond's family being Money, Penny, Q, and M. And then, apparently, and then Lashana Lynch comes in and she's like a distant cousin you're not too sure about. I love his point of view of what he's, what he's allowed to say. Yeah. yeah. I like the way he phrases what he's allowed to say. Yeah. It's very interesting. Flawed movie that it is. I think it, it, 
No, Quant- he is definitely correct. No, Quantum of Solace is... It's the second best one. No, it's not. Skyfall is the second it's best one. It's definitely the second best one. You were incorrect. Just just because he wears that cool jacket... He does wear that cool in jacket. In Skyfall. He falls from the sky. Well, he falls off a train. It's got a sick song. That train wasn't they in the sky. They go to the high country. That's the dream. The actual dream. I have seen a new film recently, by the way. Oh, what have you seen? It's called Spree. Ooh. It stars the uh, what's the guy who plays Steve in Stranger Things? I'm n- not even at, who's Steve. Steve is, is the, that one of the kids, the boyfriend of Nancy's character in season one. I'm not going to get there. Him, he's yes. in Spree. He's in Spree. It is a technically found footage, but it's a I'm dude in. Live, I'm already in live streaming his day, and he's an Uber driver for Spree. I think is the um. The the um platform platform that he drives for, right? And he's an he's just spent his entire life wanting to be a, like a YouTube star, like an influencer, and just mm-hmm. like that's his dream. And he's had a YouTube channel for ages, no followers, and he's slightly friends with someone who has a shit ton of followers, and uh-huh. like just one of those prank prank YouTube channels, right? And he decides he's come up with this awesome plan of how to just go viral. Which is his dream is to just go viral and get so many followers and like yeah. be famous. Yeah. So he's a he's a driver in LA. I can see where this is going. And I think his plan is he's just going to live stream murdering people uh-huh. the entire fucking day from his Uber car that he drives. Classic. And so it starts with just poisoned water that he offers a, uh, offers the the people in the back. Oh god. So they this have a drink of the free water great, and the thing, and they just and he gets a couple of people that way, and then. The day pursues and like hmm. the cops don't know and like it's live streaming, but my favorite thing is it doesn't go viral <laughs> for ages. <laughs> like he is. Imagine if you did that and it didn't work. It's like physically murdering people and like it goes apeshit crazy and he does terrible things hmm. and he spends like so much of the day just doing this, live streaming it to the world hmm. and nothing happening. Like, no repercussions, just this one dude putting it on the internet. I'm like, how is this not immediately getting him arrested, like, straight away? Like, he's not yeah. hiding his identity or anything. Yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, in terms of becoming YouTube famous, it's not a good long-term plan. No. You know? No. Um, the, the thing that triggers well, that's it sustainable. is... sustainable. Um, he murders a person and takes over their stream and adds it to his. Uh... And so all the people who are currently watching that person's stream... Are now watching him. All right, on no his more journey. spoilers. I'm definitely going to watch this. This sounds great. It's on Netflix. Okay. It's on Netflix. Would recommend. Actually, it's not. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Not, not I'm bad. very much. I'm. I want more of these movies. Kind of like searching and things like that. That are sort of taking found footage to this next. Yeah, doing streaming. new things with found footage. Like, oh, yeah. pa- like Paranormal Activity did. Or yeah. Chronicle, for that matter, did. Yeah, Paranormal Activity did. did like, Paranormal Activity basically does a, a laptop movie in the last... Mm. Or just explorations of the way in which cameras are now everywhere. Yes. So we should, so you should be able to, um, you know, I mean... Finding new we've ways probably got cameras in our eyes right now. It's been used too much. Mm. Yeah. I'll enjoy a bad found footage movie, though. I to be honest, I've gotten to the point where I'm over it. Gets now. me every time. I don't like watching Blair Witch anymore. There's a found footage movie I just found out about that I really want to see called Hell House LLC. I may have seen this. I'm googling. Yeah, but I think continue. I think it's a few. I think it's a few years old, but it's found footage of, these, of 
uh, when these people open up a haunted house. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, but uh, but but you'll never guess. Probably a little bit haunted for real. What? Imagine that. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. yeah. With a twenty eighteen sequel. Ooh. Just and then there's a Australian found footage movie called The Tunnel. The you know, tunnel I have seen. Yeah? Yes. And they're like reporters going down going to like down solve to a mystery solve, uh, about homeless people being murdered or something. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Such a simple idea again. The 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 there there's one specific terrifying moment in that film. Yep. And even if you just watched a clip of that moment, fantastic. It's worthwhile. Fan like mm. proper creepy scares. Yeah. Like Speaking of found footage, we've got a little bit of found footage in today's in today's film. We do indeed. So we should say hello everyone, welcome to Exceptional Thieves. This is a podcast where Isaac and I review and rewrite movies. I'm Sam. And I'm Isaac. And this is the latest episode of The Brenton Thwaites Hour, our special series where we are presenting a we're becoming a Brenton Thwaites appreciation podcast for a while and we're going to watch and review every film that he's been in. That yeah, that he took part in. He took he took place in. Yeah, building up to our final uh, watch and review of DC Titans. <laughs> I was like building up to our final watch of No Time to Die. Starring oh, no Daniel time. Craig. Yes, yes. We should we should specify <laughs> the climax of the Brendan Thwaites Hour will be us reviewing No Time to Die. Now that'll be a little bit confusing for you. Uh, yeah, because he's not in it. Yeah, it's really hard to make this show accessible to new listeners now. <laughs> Every time I feel like I have to do so. so look, here's the situation. Here's we were doing this right. We 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 did nor we did just movies in general. Then we did Daniel Craig, and now we're doing Brenton Thwaites. And then, as we've agreed between us, we're going then going to do Matthew McConaughey. It's going to be called McConaughey. No, we're doing. Everyone's going to love it. We're doing the art of pewing. Pewing, pewing sounds really public weird. pewing. Pewing in public is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> That's our Florence Pew podcast. Because we love her. And she's fantastic. Yeah, it's a hard look. We've discussed the we've discussed the degree to which we are very, we we are constantly flirting with creepiness with this show. Doing it with about a female actor close to our age is much worse. How about someone who has a very very small repertoire of acting performances, but is a very interesting person, and we call it "What's on Emma," and it's about Emma Watson. Who's in like seven films that aren't the Harry Potter movies, and we don't watch those. Okay, so just so because Emma her Watson, last name is two words that work. For what's on Emma? Oh, look, you don't have to convince me to work backwards from the name, <laughs> right? That's how I got Hawk Talk. But what's on Emma sounds like it's about her clothes. It does too. It's a fashion podcast. I mean, we could branch out into, fashion but she could definitely do. I mean, she's a fashion icon, I gather. Maybe. I'm pretty sure she is. Cool. Which, which you know, is not to sound mean, but is just as well. <laughs> okay. What's I like an Emma Watson podcast where we never review Harry Potter. <laughs> we just it, do. We just do the Circle and Beauty and the Beast and, and Little Women and Regression, which Ethan Hawke is in. Hey, just another great Ethan Hawke movie we could be reviewing on. Hawk Talk, Talk spelt here. But what are we talking about this week? Today on we... the Brenton Thwaites Hour. Today on the Brenton Thwaites Hour, we are talking about 2014's The Signal, starring oh. Brenton Thwaites, Lawrence Fishburne, 
and a couple of other people. Olivia Cook. Olivia Cook, famous from Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Okay, cool. Numerous right. things. Yeah, well, you know, that's that doesn't loom large. I still haven't seen it. So, dude. Yeah. Just read the book. Okay. Actually, I'm, no. Watch I'm, the movie. I'm, I don't. Whatever. You do read books. We are in a room full of books. It's true. Well, I, I wasn't. I wasn't about to argue that I don't read books. I'm, I'm uncertain as to whether you read all of them, but they are in this room. And I'd love enjoy that. Their presence. Someone says you should read the book. I'm like, no, I don't read books. <laughs> I guess some people don't. I stare them down. I don't until re- I get the information I want. Yeah. I. Yeah. I just. I just be near them. And <laughs> I hope enjoy it absorbs that touching them. Books. It is easily twenty percent of the joy of mm-hmm. having of owning a book. That's why I I I will never buy a Kindle. Owning a book is like thirty percent reading it, and then seventy percent looking at it for years afterwards and being like, yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I do reread some. You of look, my just look, look up on the shelf. Oh yeah, that one. That's, oh well, yeah. Yeah. So The Signal is a 2014 American science fiction thriller directed by William Eubank, written by him and Carlisle Eubank. What a name. And David Frigerio. Not making this up. Sweet. Okay. I have. And uh, it premiered at the 2014 Sundance Film Festival um, and was theatrically released in the United States on June 13th, 2014. I'm going gonna, I'm to start doing a thing where I just read the whole Wikipedia page. Just the intro to the Wikipedia page. And um, stop at plot where we then talk for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. Isaac, did you like... No. The, oh, well, okay. Well, hang on. This is a Brenton Thwaites appreciation podcast. Uh-huh. I love Brenton Thwaites in okay. this film. Brenton okay. Thwaites does some good okay. Brenton Thwaites acting. Okay, let me bring it back. Let me bring it back. Did you like Brenton Thwaites in the film The Signal? Yes. Did you think his performance was strong and affecting and really sort of elevated some maybe rudimentary material? Possibly. You sound like Snape. <laughs> you applied for the defense against the dark ass boats. Turn to page three. Obviously. <laughs> Inside. What didn't you like about the signalizer? Uh, um, the title means nothing for the film. That is part of the problem. Uh, isn't the it? two moments where they have massive plot reveals that are. Take it easy. I can see you worked up. Fucking pointless and stupid and irk me and the three dudes who wrote it need to not write films anymore. They irked you. It did. Okay, all right. The numbers on his arm, yeah. when added up, yeah. make another number that means something. Yeah. Wow. So spoilers for the signal, everybody. Oh, my God. Go, you can go and don't rent, watch it. You can go and rent it from iTunes. But don't. I if you want a f- Lawrence, I'm going to bitch about this a lot. Okay. If you want right. a Lawrence I'm, I'm, un- I'm uncomfortable. You're talking about our very good friend, Brenton Thwaites. Brenton's great in it. Brenton hates this movie. I'm sure of it. You reckon? Yeah, I am. Okay. Maybe he thought it was fine. And, that, you know, maybe, well, maybe it wasn't, didn't come out as the best film in the world. Everyone like put a lot of effort in. and I'm sure they put a lot of effort and, in. And, um, you know, they, they thought it'd come out with some really sort of, Strong visuals and performances, and we're really sort of excited about the message it was putting out. What message is it? And probably weren't, probably just just weren't counting on a couple of losers on a podcast tearing it to shreds, you know, from an armchair (laughs) a few years later. Now go on. (laughs) Brenton's great. Continue. 
No, don't let me stop you. No, Britain's great. He is actually. Okay, thanks. Thank you for listening, everybody. This has been another episode of the Brendan Thwaites Hour. Uh, we're going to have a 50-minute pause now <laughs> just to pad out the runtime. You can probably... But, um, <laughs> should, we work, should we work through the plot? And then that might help the us plot. arrive at the... Yeah, so, let's do that. So, Brenton plays Nick? Yes. Mm-hmm. With a C. Nick with a C. Nick. Who has some sort of degenerative... Muscle disease, some unnamed, unnamed degenerative that muscle has set disease. on quite recently. Then he's so he's walking with crutches, but his friends keep making him go and get the drinks, and he, and he keeps having flashbacks of a time when he was running recently yeah. and winning races. He, whilst running. Jonah, and the girl character, Haley, <laughs> are are um are. <laughs> Road tripping to drop her in California, where she is moving to. Yeah, so I get the impression they're about to start college. I think no, they're halfway through college. They're, they're all MIT through. students. Right, she's moving to California. She's moving to Caltech. Put a strain on their relationship. Yeah, is are she, is she and Nick a couple? Yes, right. And then there's that, but then their mate Jonah is there. Yes. Okay. It was a bit of an obstacle for me. The fact that she's being driven across town to a new university and there's Nick, but then also their mate Jonah's with them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just like what the relationship was, I thought was a I think bit it's unclear. Like they're dating, but he didn't want to drive all the way back alone. Okay. Yeah, you Even could just it's say her something. car that they're driving over there, that's explicitly stated in the film. <laughs> I don't know. But oh. the film begins. But not but the thing is they're not only crossing the the country they are also chasing a hacker who called nomad yep who near who somehow nearly got them who broke into the MIT services servers and nearly got them expelled uh, from mm-hmm. MIT as a result of that and so they sort of want to get even with nomad but nomad is taunting them with emails and, and- and security footage of their car. Yeah, so Nomad's obviously a sort webcam. of sort of I got an eye in the sky, very powerful hacker type person, person character. Now look, there's lots that I'm predisposed to like aesthetically about this movie, and it's an interesting blend it tries to do of sort of indie melancholic coming of age road trip movie for 25 minutes with. District 9. Yes. And that's, you know, I'm not saying it's bad to try and do that. That's just, and but also kind of like contact, I guess. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and, and, you know, look, melancholic minimalist piano over sort of wistful American road trip montage. Inject it straight into my veins. I'll watch that all day, absolutely. With a kind of like Man of Steel esque music. Yep. You know, I'm 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 on board. But you you do I did sort of already notice the first time they go through that that I I wasn't certain what I was meant to be taking from the collection of shots they put together. Brenton running, looking at river, driving around. Now what? What we're doing is, is not is not that is not that clear to me. And the just the the road trip 
and Hunting Nomad the Hacker mm-hmm. are two very different goals. And mm-hmm. it's weird that they kind of seem to go together conveniently. Because at a certain point, they find a specific geographical location where they're like, Nomad's there. We're gonna yeah, they go. track his IP. They track his IP um, to the middle of nowhere where he's like, Well, they just yeah, definitely is to nearby. Yeah. And they end up going to nearby in the middle of the fucking night. Yeah, and they go into and so they go into an abandoned house in the middle of the night, and then it of, turns into found footage horror. And for they can and they Blair Witch around for a little while, and then we see Olivia Cook get abducted by aliens and a bright white light. Yeah. Now look. Oh, I did. <laughs> At this point, have a having a movie about aliens and alien abduction, mm-hmm. but having having that emerge out of a teens on a road trip across america movie mm-hmm. i think that could be really great uh-huh and i and you know again when Continue, you're Sam. when you're playing with if you're making the film so you're wondering whether it's aliens or not basically and and you're wondering whether you are encountering something supernatural or whether this is just a hacker or whether it's just the government leaving found footage stuff aside that moment when Haley flies up into the sky yep with like no beam of light, no nothing, you just see her go. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool moment. That is a that, very cool moment. That's really affecting. And when even though I'd seen this before, I didn't remember that. When I saw it, I was like, oh, that's that was good. That, but that needs to be the film, really. Yes, it does. So again, right, you are Harry. I th- <laughs> no I post think, on Sundays. I think this. I think what we've got here is about three movies. Each of which can be quite a, strong. I think it's about four movies. It's the kids on a road trip to drop girlfriend off over over the other side of country and strained relationship film that then may come across in alien. But with but with aliens then in the, the background. Then there's a separate movie in that where it's just nerds across country trying to find a hacker who got them thing because that's that's two different movies you can't make that same movie at the same time those two those two stories don't work together the uh, w- yeah well the yes. the movie tries to say that the aliens were the hacker luring them to that spot that's the end that's it, the last twist that we hate more than the first twist and the problem with that one is that it just flat out doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so the hacker is called Nomad. Yeah. And Olivia Cook gets abducted, and then we smash cut to Brenton Thwaites in a room and a scientist, Den- bloody Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Larry Fishburne. Comes in and he's got a little tag that says his name is Damon. Damon. At the end of the film... You may not think about that too much. Yeah, don't think about it because it's never fucking mentioned. His name is not spoken out loud. He just has a name tag. At the end of the film, Brenton Thwaites looks at the name tag. We get a zoom in on it and he just says, Ah, that's Nomad spelled backwards. You're Nomad. To which Lawrence Fishburne goes, Yeah, yeah, I am. And therefore the hacker means jack shit. There was no fucking signal. What well, the hell does the well, signal what the have signal to do is, with is anything, a whole Sam? is a whole other thing. But is it? Well, in terms of like understanding what's going on in the film, in terms of the different films there are, there's so yeah, there's teenagers crossing country, and then oh look out, there's aliens. There's 
<laughs> oh, look out. <laughs> oh. um, you could... you So, so. <laughs> there's teens crossing America to drop her off at a new university and then they happen to be interacting with aliens. Uh-huh. In a just and the the aliens around and they're around and they end up interacting in a kind of mysterious way. Yeah, that could be good. There's T. There's ha, t, IT guys. Yep, who've been IT guys were cool. Who who go out to find that hacker uh-huh. and in the course of that reveal probably not aliens specifically like a government base or something. Well, a government. Well, with, aliens could be cool if it's a, with, if it's with then aliens the, in the signal background. actually means something. Like they like there's. So it's because it's weird that the aliens were sending them emails. Is it based on a book? I'm no, good. I don't think it is. It's eh? not. I've looked at it. Yeah, up. it's weird that it, Nomad it's is weird sending that, actual emails. It's weird that alien android Lawrence Fishburne has been sitting there on his laptop or whatever their version of it is, sending them taunting emails. I presumably hoping that they will go to this abandoned house whilst they're off on their road trip in order to abduct them. Because presumably they can't abduct them anywhere else or something. I don't know. So that's the other. So hackers trying to track down the aliens and they don't realize they're aliens till halfway through. Abductees waking up in what they think is post-abduction mm-hmm. but is then revealed to still be on the alien spaceship is number three. That ending... That has them be on a spaceship. Yeah. That's a good ending. The ending yeah. for the film is There's great. nothing wrong with that. Everything that gets them to that ending is... Is... Less good. Use your words. Less good. Because it's... Not good. Okay. Well, these are the kind of nuanced takes people tune into the podcast. They do for. indeed. Um, <laughs> I, th- I, I, think it's, I think it's three films. I think there's two before... And then I think you could have wake up, wake up in lab, but then you're actually a robot, and then also on a spaceship movie. That can all that 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 can all be one. Um, but <laughs> I also well. really love the special effects of his legs, where it's clearly just Brenton wearing tights that are green, and they've just superimposed the legs over it. Yeah, I loved it. It was so good. So. So needless to say, he's put so, into a wheelchair when he so, gets there. Yeah, so backing and it up a bit. we're led to believe that Brenton thinks that's his degenerative th- something has triggered that, something further from the abduction. So he's in a wheelchair and he doesn't yeah. look at his own legs because he's got a blanket on. Then yeah. presumably weeks pass. Of yeah, him being days or weeks pass. And for some reason, he still hasn't seen his own legs. We don't know if he's been to the toilet or done nothing he hasn't seen his legs until one it point where he rolls off of the bed loses the blanket and then it turns out he has white robot shapely legs. robot legs instead of his legs which are sick which brenton does some really nice acting there actually to be mm. terrified of the legs like that's that's some real good brenton acting yeah so but why would he not have looked at the legs in several weeks slash days it is weird to not look at your own legs uh, something attached to your body um that's sit- literally sitting in front of you <laughs> i mean i mean it is right there but <laughs> um yes it is it is weird not not to look at your own leg. i mean but it could be a yes it's an okay twist if you don't have such a long period of time pass 
until or if you make it clearer that they're not that he's kind of like in and out of consciousness a bit he's not just like because it's sort of portrayed as he's sitting in that room fully awake every minute of every day mm-hmm. coming up with sort of macgyver plans of how he's going to escape basically yep. Writing it actually all under, under his mattress. planning escape uh, planning a, escape attempts which i thought was one of the better parts of the of the movie because so, because brenton's character is super smart and he's very driven mm-hmm. and he's all and he's always got and he's always got plans and it's also led to be quite ambiguous as to whether these robotic legs have also changed him to be smarter because at the start we're showing him drawing a little map on one of those claw machines to help a kid get a toy yeah. we're not actually showing the toy being got we just see him draw the thing, press your button here, press your button here, and then he yeah. leaves. And then he leaves and before his failure was revealed to him. we don't get to see if the kid him. gets the toy or not. We're just, uh-huh. that's ambiguous. that's a choice? I think that, that specifically is a choice. Can I just say, and this, and not to nitpick. Oh, nitpick away. But. Brayton would because expect this isn't Because this, this isn't the point, and it's not a big deal, but all I'll say is, in that claw machine scene, Brenton is carrying some of the emptiest coffees i've ever seen <laughs> like he's got a tray with three cups on it and that is moving around it was at such freedom and speed oh he only got they only got like espresso shots in the bottom nice. of those cups okay so. nice i because they're traveling yeah i took the claw machine thing as a little foreshadowing because the claw is like abduction and also because of the aliens in the claw machine in toy story well i did not know that it was an alien movie when i started watching it because i never watched this yeah interesting so you had a so you came I in came completely in fresh so when have... did you think it would be aliens well when she went blue <laughs> yeah that is a giveaway isn't it yeah yeah when she goes blue i'm like okay cool aliens mm. sweet cool yeah fun, great fun, abduction fun. Um, um so he wakes up as well and he's got a tattoo on his arm it says 2.3.4.41 2.3.5.41. It adds up. And those numbers, if you add them together, make 51. Mm. But also, what? they're not in Area 51. Why so that must it... just be a coincidence. But at the end, when it zooms out and you see the spaceship he's on, it's got the numbers 2.3.5.41 on the side of the ship. Oh, so that's just the number the aliens gave that ship. Why? So, so they can keep them apart. So aliens use our Roman numerical system. Yeah, we probably got it from them. They when they been when they helped us build the pyramids, they gave oh, them to okay, us. Cool. Yep, yep, sweet, cool, yep, sweet, sweet, cool, sweet, sweet, sweet. It's shit, sweet. Cool. All all parts of our ancient civilizations are probably derived from aliens. Isaac. I like that theory. That that could for be science fiction. Yeah, that'd be a good science but fiction. I don't element, think it has anything to do with the signal. This the lack of signal. The so the the signal thing, it is it is confusing that that's because that's the title of the movie. The first thing when Brenton wakes up in the facility and he's sitting opposite Blonde Fishburne in his big uh, like hazmat suit. Yep. The first thing Lawrence Fishburne says to him is, "When did you first hear the signal?" And when and Brenton Thwaites has no and, idea. And what Brenton's he's character. About. Uh, very appropriately, like, what the hell are you talking about, mate? The phrase and concept of the signal has no relevance to me because it has not been a part of my experience thus far. And we as the audience go, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So 
and it and I like it feels like they just sort of forgot to put that in. Like when because it's because it feels it would just... like you could have had. You have to start your film before they go on the road trip. Then, if he's yeah. hearing the signal from somewhere, he has to be like in class somewhere, and you just hear him have a ringing in his ears. Yeah, and well, no it, one else can hear it. It'd be like a a close encounters thing, exactly. where just some strange force, the signal, is drawing you to a place. Yeah, and for whatever reason, that is the place where they're able to abduct you from. It How doesn't good make is sense. Close encounters. It's very good, Ugh. and you might be the first one to say. It. The the cl- <laughs> what it's what is confusing is that the signal quote unquote that they've been following is like shit talking emails <laughs> from <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne who's yeah, an actually, alien Lawrence Fishburne from La- who's a robot alien. from Lawrence Fishburne specifically because that's his name tag <laughs> he's been there on that numbered spaceship <laughs> I picked been, this kid being like hey fuck you I hacked into MIT and so. It's you could have we- got expelled. It's weird to call that style of interaction the signal. And it's weird for Lawrence Fishburne to ask him when he heard it because it was him. I know. So he must know as and when. And why would he care about that? So it feels like I feel like we're seeing bits of multiple drafts. And there's bits left over from previous drafts where there was this signal concept. And then we've kind of just moved on to other stuff. But that's that stayed there as the sort of central. The the writers do they... talk about it. Oh, okay. When? Um, so there's a bit of them explaining what they th- what they think it it means. They wrote it. Yeah. They don't think it means anything. <laughs> no. Okay. So their their version of what they think the signal is, where. <laughs> so for oh, them, yeah, we wrote this thing. We think it might be something well, else. Isaac, when you create, when you're in that flow state, you are channeling the output of, you know, the muse of creativity. That is, that you you are just a conduit for that. And then afterwards, you may try and interpret it rationally. But if you were truly in flow state, then you're as in the dark as anyone else about what it truly means, because it came from a sub-rational part of your own mind. No. But what they say is, the supposedly, a big part of this movie is about conflict between logic and emotion and which one of those things is driving your choices and the arc for nick with a c is or c only i guess is nick with no k is to go from the start of the movie where he is only approaching things logically because he thinks he needs to break up with olivia cook because he's got a disease now and she couldn't handle it yeah towards the end when he starts making uh, um, uh, decisions based on emotions Which rather than in a black and white is shown way. now. Um, that at, he runs really fast at, with his legs? I think when he runs really fast with his legs... He's emotional. I, yeah, I have wondered since I read this, because they say, the direct quote, at the end of the movie, he chooses to embrace that emotional side and make a choice based on a feeling. To and run really fast. I think, I presume the decision they're talking about is the decision to run really fast yeah, away from them. Uh-huh. Or because, I mean, the decision to try to escape, that's a very rational decision. Yep. And all of his decisions after that while they're on the run, also quite... Rational. Rational. Quite logic. 
all of his it's all discovering quite... escape plans logic yeah that's not an emotional thing you want to save mm. your girlfriend yeah that's just yeah. something you do he becomes more emotional but that's more just a product of the traumatic situations he's encountering mm. his method of moving through them doesn't become any less rational as far as i can tell yes so i think that uh i think that idea got a little bit lost in translation so welcome back to wikipedia corner with sam um through there's a very big section of the wikipedia page called themes oh so through metaphor the film intends to explore the idea that though sometimes humans may attempt to live their lives based on rules and logic working diligently to suppress their feelings deep down there are emotions that cannot be eliminated the so-called signal is that internal gnawing fire of a human's inner voice that can tell what is true if listened for and that makes humans human Lots of these phrases are hyperlinked, and I'm very intrigued to see what they link to. Uh, Eubank explained the meaning of the film's title by saying the signal is a waiting for something, listening for something, having an open heart. There's levels of what the signal really is. I must say that final quote, to me, sort of suggests Eubank doesn't really know what the signal is. <laughs> Like, if someone asks me what something is and I don't know, I'll say, well, there's levels. Yeah, there's different well, ways there's le- of there's lots. In a way, know. it's lots of things, you know? But in a way, I think we should talk about something else now. It's like anyone on QA who doesn't want to make that answer, mm. what doesn't want to answer a question. Well, we'll I think there's a lot another. of answers to that. and it also, But it also reminds me of a lot of important questions, which I'll, I'd like to divert onto now, which is that... <laughs> I don't mean to not answer, but I want to talk about this really quick. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't really see Nick. I don't see. I don't see Nick without a K struggling with his internal gnawing fire of a human voice. I, I just see. see him struggling with the very material issues of being in this alien space prison facility. Yeah, you know. And we don't know if the aliens have taken him for any specific reason other than to turn him into a, a superhuman yeah. running machine, but not allow him to be a hero on earth he now has to be a maybe all of the aliens can run that fast so he's he needs to be able to run that fast yeah and why do the aliens have actual guns to shoot jonah with jonah with his robotic hands if they're on a spaceship why are they shooting him with like actual like m16s i don't know the the rules of the little like uh sandlot set that they yeah, have yeah, outside the, are the a little area bit strange of desert so Let's just run through this quickly in case anyone hasn't seen it and is wondering. He wakes up in the facility. He has lots of sessions with Larry Fishbow where he does like weird tests with him. And I interpret that afterwards as this is the aliens trying to figure out how well he works now that they've done all this weird stuff with his legs, probably. He sees he gets wheeled around the facility. He sees creepy stuff like people in the yellow boots like sweeping up lots of brown liquid like gross stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. He sees Haley's in a coma. He starts talking to Jonah through the vent. He he develops like a MacGyver way to try to escape, where he has a little tubing and he tries to punch the codes into the into the door in order to escape. Uh, there's a cow at one point, 
Um, that's sort of unexplained. I liked that. Just mm. like there being a cow, that's cool. Uh, at one point, the big escape alarm goes off and he gets hustled into room and you hear lots of banging. And then afterwards, there's all these big scratches down the wall, um, like something like a horrendous monster has escaped. I liked that. I thought that was good. There's lots of really... The atmosphere of this movie is great the whole time, can we yes, say? Yes, it's quite well done. The atmosphere and the vibe... I sign off on entirely. That's what's kind of frustrating about it. This movie has a few different vibes in it, all of which extracted from the content of the movie are, are really cool. The aesthetics, the look of everything, I think I think was all, is all really strong. I was very excited for this when I saw the trailer way back when. And um, yeah, just the, the structural storytelling aspects of it are so muddled so, that manages to really sort of undermine all of that anyway then larry tries to tell him that jonah was never here what are you talking about you've been crazy you're not talking to the event he tries to escape with Haley by dragging her on her hospital head behind him in his wheelchair um i mean and i mean good on him for having a go that's mm. that's an amazingly the timing of the plan with people walking past yeah just suddenly you see them in he the just background stops and someone walks past and then he continues yeah that's cool because like okay so he's spent a couple of weeks planning this like yeah yeah um i like the the cow bit too because at the end when it's revealed that laurie is an alien Mm. and aliens abduct cows in many many stories yeah this is just the one of the tests that they're doing on it in a nonchalant underground bunker Mm. that just turns out to be part of their ship yeah yeah Tries to escape, it doesn't work. There's more flashbacks of them at the carnival. Then he's in bed next to Haley. He rolls off the bed, reveals his robot legs. Oh my god, you will never believe it. Um, he he tries to run out of the of the facility, and uh, Lawrence Fishman says it's extremely dangerous up there. I can only safeguard you from them down here. So, and again, looking back on this, I'm not sure what the aliens are trying to do to sort of convince him to psychologically stay in the facility when like they have total control of the situation. So I'm just not sure sort of what to take from it. Anyway, he man- they, manage- they manage to get out. Yes, they escape. He gets out and they're into the desert. And we're like, oh, great, they're out of the facility. They hitchhike with this um, creepy Jesus lady. Um, what's her name? Mirabelle. Mirabelle. And um, she's the lady from all the insidious movies. Oh, is she? Yeah, <laughs> she's she's got a she's got a pretty insidious energy. Yeah, because they were made after this. I think they started, and she's like her character is in each of them. Like uh-huh. she's the recurring uh, psychic who comes in to help save right. the, like con- like the conjuring people, but in insidious. Right. Yeah. Well, she's obviously out of her mind, and she's and she's like starts hearing. I guess maybe like some sort of signal when she tells them, "Listen with your mouth open." That's good. Creepy. That's, so creepy. Listen with your mouth open is an incredibly creepy thing mm-hmm. to say, and I loved that. The scene she has later with Lawrence just in the observation room together. Yeah. Before so, he opens up his little chest thing. Mm, she's creepy. Like, yeah. Real good. She's creepy. really good. We get to a bar slash roadhouse. Haley gets kidnapped by a trucker. There's a truck chase where Brenton is able to just chase the truck on his super robot legs, and he gets her back, and they get the truck. Uh, Larry picks up Mirabelle and then is talking to her in like an interview room. She has a nosebleed with blue blood. That was cool. And it's made clear that Lawrence is about to shoot her. Um, with a regular human 9-11 gun. Yeah. Just, he's, he's just got a Glock. Yeah. He just pulls out a, a regular people gun from a, from a little yeah. case. So in this world, in this... Like fake, on this alien in spacecraft. this fake Earth, on this alien spacecraft, aliens walk around 
just capping people with whilst <laughs> wearing a full hazmat suit, just a little handgun. Yeah. And uh, if you don't know, it's when did you did you twig that they were they were still that they were not on Earth? No. Not at really? one point until he ran through the glass. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah. I don't remember if I thought that or not when I first saw it. But yeah, I was there. I the thought whole time. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne might be an alien, but at yeah. no point, the twist of them being on a spaceship, yeah, is like that. That's a good twist. Yeah, the nomad and the numbers adding up are stupid twists. Yeah, that there, yeah, those are those are um, pretty stupid. Uh, they get then they get to the 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 end of the road. The road just ends. Things are starting to look a little bit weird. They get to a visitor center. See, I, I love all this stuff. Yeah, the empty visitor center. The that's little, so cool. The little three D map. Yeah, they get to a visitor center and there's just no one there. Um, at one point, she says to him, "What do you think that noise is?" And there's no noise. And he can't hear it. So, so I feel like that's she hears the signal. That's an echo of signally stuff that, that, that isn't in this film. <laughs> you know. Uh, then uh, Lawrence Fishburne goes to see James, who's the guy, the driver of the truck. I enjoyed this scene now, knowing knowing that Lawrence Fishburne is an alien, mm-hmm. and knowing that. So, spoiler alert: this whole like, it it looks like sort of Nevada. It looks like it's Area Fifty One, New Mexico. It yeah. makes it, it looks like they've broken out of Area Fifty One and they're trying to escape. Knowing that that is all contained within a massive like some gargantuan spaceship yeah. so really what we're seeing here is like a uh, like a environment built for these humans to live in and the aliens are observing them mm-hmm. but you kind of get the sense these humans are all have all gone mad they can tell on some level that this isn't real and maybe they're trying to find a way to ignore that or they just don't know how to exist in this reality so when larry, when larry fishburne is going up to him he says um he says i i admire you your sort of will to survive basically it's like yeah it's like uh, uh people watching an animal they've kept in an abusive environment and having this sort of creepy relationship of james is there in that house that doesn't really make any sense you can sort of see the edges of it but it's, you can see that there's a door that just goes back into the facility. Yeah, and yeah. you can see human see how humans will build an environment in which they can be sane, yes. even though it doesn't make any sense. That's good stuff. That is, there is some good stuff. That's all good stuff. Then he just and he says, "I admire him. you," and then he shoots him. Um, yeah, we've got little bits of characterization for Lawrence Fishburne through that, more through that when he's hunting these people down. Yeah, but, but we needed more of that before, and we need a, an end point for it. Does that mean that Lawrence Fishburne's alien race kills the people they take? Or don't know, mate. Because at the end, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Then they they hide out in another place, and they find Jonah there. And Jonah's got big robot hands that are super strong. They think maybe they're in Area Fifty One, and Jonah is all weirded out by what's happened to him. He says, "I feel I feel like there's something inside of me. It feels like I'm full of gaps," which is an there's there's good there's good lines you yes. know there's evocative lines in this again that like the whole time you're watching it you're like willing it to sort of add up you know because there's so much that's good like surely this comes together somehow but it really gives itself no chance of doing that with the final sort of Damon <laughs> reveal I think um, they're like right we let, let's get out of here they in a tr- they they're in the truck they get to a, like a traffic stop. 
where they have to like show their papers or whatever. And this is presumably all aliens in little suits that are yeah. doing this to them. Um, and then they, a big concrete pillar comes up to stop the truck being able to leave. And Jonah's like, I'll get us out of here. And he runs into the little control room and does smashy smashy with his hands or whatever. And um, all the aliens in faceless police outfits are shooting at him. And he, with like, regular people guns. With regular people guns. He like manages to survive all of this stuff gets sort of back over to the truck and he just like smashes the ground a lot with his big robot hands. He punches the pillar that's holding the truck in place. Yes, he's got super punching strength. Mm. Um, and uh, But then he gets shot and Brenton's like, I'm sad you were dying, but then they're like, we probably should be going. They are driving out of town. The aliens put spikes across the road like normal police mm-hmm. and the truck crashes um, and... Haley gets taken off in a on a on a gurney again, and to then an helicopter. and then Brenton's like, "Oh, screw this!" Oh, he realizes that Damon is nomad, mm-hmm. and so it all comes together, I guess. And he's like, "Screw this!" And so he runs, at like, and he breaks the sound barrier. Basically, <laughs> he's like, kind of catching fire from the intensity of what he's doing. So fast, so fucking fast, bro. And he breaks the sound barrier and he smashes through like the Truman Show wall at the edge of the fake reality and realizes he's actually on a massive spaceship. End of film. Yeah. Um, I think Brendan's performance is really strong. Correct. You are very correct. I think he has to play a lot of different modes here again i think we see another level up from his previous performance i think any times where i feel like he's not nailing it here it's just because what the journey of his character is is kind of unclear muddled for him as well yeah because is his thing i used to be good at running and now i am disabled or is his or is it about his relationship with Haley, who's very underwritten, it must be said. Like, she has no... Is, there's nothing to her, yep. is there? She's just... She's got a few lines and She's just there. There's not much to Jonah, but that actor's just got a sort of spiky, floppy hair energy to him that sort of gives it something. But Haley's really just sort of sitting there looking around wide-eyed. Is, so is this thing that he's now disabled, or is this thing about his relationship with her? We don't see him react to the fact that he can now run. You know? He just starts running. This is a character who, if he is sad about the fact that he's slowly losing the ability to walk, it's really kind of only portrayed through wistful montage of him looking at rivers and stuff. Not yeah. things he like says and does now. Yes. You know? And it's a bit weird that this is someone who's obviously incredibly handsome, an MIT genius... And also used to win running races and stuff. So someone who used to have everything and now is starting to lose one of those things. Yeah. So it's not that much. It makes it less of a tragedy, which I know is like a crazy thing to say. Obviously, it's terrible. But just as a character in a film. Yeah. Like, you know, because then you think you'd have some sort of conflict between, oh, if I, you know, you're losing your physical capacity. So you try to do more Stephen Hawking stuff and, you know, live in the life of the mind. But he was already living in the life of the mind. He's already like a genius sort of hacker. And like his mental capacity is sort of demonstrated multiple times by his ability to MacGyver escape routes. And like the, like when he finally does respond to any of Lawrence Fishburne's questions, he does it in this very sort of 
like Jesse Quick, Eisenberg snappy. rapid way. Yeah. You know, he's like It just it doesn't I can't I can't get an angle on his character that 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 makes it clear where we're going. Yeah. I guess is the point. What the it signal is gets lost. Doesn't gel. Yeah. Yeah. It's not cohesive. Yeah. I think it's two movies. I think I think you can you can boil it down to two movies. Then we don't. It's wistful road trip. Then they happen upon, and they happen upon aliens. It's which I think is kind of like I think of that's the, close encounters. Well, I think more of the original uh, monsters. Yeah, and mm-hmm. in South America, where like they're not like fighting the monster; they just sort of see it at the end, and that's got that sort of wistful indie vibe. Yeah. They're not the scientists trying to kill the monster. They're kind of doing their own thing. Yeah, it's like signs, as in like the alien invasion movie that's just about these people. And all this stuff is happening elsewhere. Yeah. That's what Monsters is, where it's this massive things happening, but you're just concentrating on the small family thing. Yeah, well, I think you could have it that this is a road trip movie, and really the heart, the heart of it is the relationship between these characters mm-hmm. and their relationships to each other, which we're going to change in somewhere during this road trip anyway but then you layer in this alien abduction thing in the background in a way that 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 still never becomes the thing it just informs the indie love story we were watching already yeah you know with some moments of true sort of scariness and horror uh, but keep it about that these these the main characters their main goal is never escape or defeat the aliens it's still complete the road trip Yes. You know what I mean? Because that's kind of what happens in monsters. They're just trying to get through the monsters. It's trying to get home. These guys are just trying to get around the aliens. The The problem is once they get abducted in this and they're doing all the signal stuff, their main thing is getting out of this facility. Yeah, it's not the road trip anymore. It's not the road trip anymore. So you can do monsters, but it's aliens and it's in America. Or hackers. You could do hackers hunting down the source of a mysterious signal Think they've been abducted, wake up in a facility, and then have to get out. Yeah, and I would maybe, I would have maybe have the, I would reveal earlier that either at least Lawrence Fishburne or some other people are aliens, or where they are, the facility is at least partially like alien run. Mm -hmm. So with, oh, we're actually dealing with alien stuff here, but then the final reveal is they're still on the spaceship. Yeah, you know. Because for for the signal thing to be a thing, it needs it, you'd immediately think it's like a close encounters thing where it's trying to attract certain types of people there, yeah. in order for them to be abducted. So then so, you'd have to increase your cast a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for the hackers thing, because then it can be these two hackers who found a signal. It wasn't calling for them; they just discovered the signal. Yeah, and all of these randos are turning up. But these get there. two guys who've never heard, like they weren't called by anything. They just turn up. That's why Nomad's asking them questions. When's the first time you heard the signal? It's like, what yeah. signal? I've just been tracking whatever IP this was or like yeah. come through. They should get to the house and there's a bunch of other cars there. Yeah. But no people. Oof, nice. Or like a couple of the cars are on the side. Yeah. Something like that. One car has got like a circle cut out of it where the, where the driver's seat is. Mm-hmm. It's like a perfect circle has been taken. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. When then it becomes quite scary that these dudes have just stumbled upon something they weren't supposed to see yet. Mm. Yeah. The beginnings of an invasion. Yeah. Yeah. 
it could be like a selection process of the people who are sort of smart enough to figure out this signal. They're the ones they want to get. Yeah, or people Something who like are susceptible that. enough. Yeah, people so like who can... a certain range of... Only people. certain people are going to be able to like perceive our reality, basically, because the aliens are kind of like hyperdimensional. Yep. So only the people who can hear this signal will be able to interact with us. So they're the people we want to yeah. select. And so these people are given a signal and mm. it draws them to the location. Yet these two hacker dudes or three hacker dudes or whatever it is. Mm. Or even stumble, a hacker woman. Stumble across it. A hackette. And come to the location yeah. at the wrong time when everyone's getting abducted. And then it's very, it's, it's, it's very close encounters. But it'd be a, like a scary version of Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. Could be cool. But Brenton was great. Brenton was great. I can, you know, he's got he's getting a great sizzle reel out of these movies. <laughs> he's getting more than a you know? sizzle reel. He's, he's on like, his way now. Here's me. Here's, here's what I look like when I run really fast. I can run really fast. That. I, I, I lean real far forward. If you need me, yeah, yeah. he leans really far forward, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. Would you have? This is what I look like when I his, have seen a cow. This his, is what I look like then. The Flash running is better than Ezra Miller. The Flash running yeah. in the Flash movie, whereas Ezra Miller's The Flash running is just basically speed skating. Mm. That's how the Flash runs in DCEU. Yeah. He's like throws his hands for some reason. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's a weird speed skating thing. <laughs> Whereas Brenton Thwaites flash running in this. He's just he's it's just like lean forward, run. Yeah. Next to the truck. And like, yeah, that's the flash. You could be the flash, but instead he's Dick Grayson he for could, some reason. Yeah. Maybe, he doesn't run fast. Maybe they could do a what if where Dick Grayson gets the flash powers. <laughs> because he has alien robot legs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, can we make a cinematic universe out of all Brenton's films? No, I think we can, but mm. I, and I want to look for. I don't want some of them to be included. Too late. He's already in them. They're all. They're all in there. Could the angel from Charge Over You be one of the aliens? It would fight against the speed runner guy. Yeah, runny speed speeds. I, I reckon the. I reckon. The angel from Charge Over You probably has to go around saving people from the mirror from Oculus sometimes. Definitely, just go, just punches that, just punches it immediately because it's impervious. <laughs> Runny yeah. Runny Space Guy versus Body Slam <laughs> Angel. Yeah, we have to decide which of Brenton's characters would win in a fight <laughs> between all. The I think um, Body Slam Angel would probably beat. Um, crazy psycho hospital guy. I think. I think. I think. Body slam angel is going to be hard to beat. Yeah. Okay. I, I think um, island survivalist would probably beat um, psycho horror guy. Well, island survivalist beat a panther exactly with his bare so hands. He, well, he, could he beat body slam angel? He'd give him a run for his money. We don't. It's hard to tell because we don't see body slam angel that much. That much. Well, we know that running, running speed space guy could beat body slam angel. You reckon? I reckon running, running space guy could body slam. He could outrun him. He could. Tell you that much. Yeah, but maybe body... he could just fly in front of him. Well, body slam angel and he has light up glowy, glowy wings. Well, imagine if you body slammed him at that speed. Or what if he just tripped him up? Exactly. Okay, this, we're going to keep this going. <laughs> I want to give them all weird names too. Which of Brenton's characters would win in a fight? 
at the moment. I think it's I, Runny Runny Space. I Day. think it's Body Slam Angel. Oh, I don't. He's a he's a but we don't see Body Slam Angel fight a physical person. So maybe he can't you know, he's too um he's he's too immaterial. So it's Nick with no K would come because he could just kick. And he just win with kicks. He he kick, he kicks a door. He'd kick you out of the park, mate. Yeah, he could body slam body slam Angel. I'll tell you what. If I was him at the end kick. of this movie, I'd bloody kick Lawrence Fishburne. You bloody would. I'd walk right up to yeah, him. Yeah, bloody would. I'd walk. I'd right in the shins. Just, While Lawrence oh. Fishburne's in the middle of that bridge, you'd just kick the bridge right. off. Oh, kick run right the run right is it run right the alien groin there? <laughs> just see what happens. He'd probably stand there and not react. All creepy. Yeah. The reveal that we've only ever seen Lawrence Fishburne's face and that that's the only part of him that's human and when he takes his helmet off, all the rest is robot. Isn't enough. He needs it's, to take the suit off as well. Sure. It's good, though. It is good. Because you suddenly realize you've never seen him out of the suit. Mm-hmm. But would I think would mean more earlier in the... I think if, if, I think if Brenton... If Nick with No K had a real relationship with that character... And that character was a little bit more of a person, a little less of a weird sort of super AI intelligence person. Yeah. Then the reveal that he's been talking to this android thing, but then has to keep talking to it, would be an interesting sort of ex machina thing. It's also weird, though, that he is a robot and not an alien. Well, no, that, I think that's just their sim. Their, that's what the alien is. Is the alien just is robots? I think it's like an AI civilization of AI. Right. I mean, f- fine. I'm sure because that's exists. the only one we get to see, and then we get to see just a big city. Yeah, but like when you when I see, it, I just immediately think, oh, okay. So is he like is he being operated by the aliens, or are the aliens robots, or what? No, yeah. You know, We'd, if it's, it's an alien ambiguous. abduction movie, then it should be little green men. It, that's well. where we go to immediately in our minds. So if you're not doing that and you're doing robots. Just needs a bit of explanation. Like Lawrence Fisher would reveal that earlier in the movie, Princeton would be like, "What?" And then Lawrence <laughs> sort of has to gets to explain more about oh. their civilization. I like the little video that he gives, that like when he first shows Brenton the footage from the night when they got abducted, oh, and, and there's that, that face in the oh, tree. Oh yeah, there's a little alien face in the tree. Yeah. So there are little green men. No, I have no idea. Why is he showing him that? No idea. So it makes no like, sense for the rest. Look, see? you got abducted by aliens. Look, is that Lance Fishburne going, there I am. <laughs> see? <laughs> he comes closer and he That's points me. at the screen. He's like, no. you see. Yeah, and Brenton's like, oh. But, I mean, you can't move for fake videos like that on TikTok. <laughs> like, it's the easiest thing in the world to CGI a fake alien in the back of some dark footage. I love fake alien footage. Oh, me too. I'd it's watch so it all great. day. I like YouTube YouTube compilations fake, of like yeah. scary shit where they just put that weird ominous music under it and just show you these things with a circle in the yeah, footage and you for just, no fucking and you just, reason. Uh, and some yeah, it's, and it's just circling nothing basically. <laughs> it's so blurry. Oh. You're like, oh yeah, what? what and then is it's that? and then it's like, what was that? I'm like, well, def- <laughs> like, definitely. Oh, look at this shadow I saw in the pool room. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's just someone filming their own shadow as they walk along. What was that? You know what I mean? Oh, what was that? UFOs are real, though. The government did admit that recently, didn't yeah, they? Right. They released they released all that new UFO stuff. 
where they were like, yeah, the there's new been... UFO stuff. Yeah, and they were just sort of saying, yeah, there's <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. They're just saying, yeah, that there, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. We don't know what it is. Mm. Could be mm. aliens. Could be. Could, could just be. be like the Russians doing stuff we don't know about that they haven't told us. But we definitely would know about it. Like, there's no way. Because to be the Russians, it means the Russians have technology incredibly more advanced than anywhere else on Earth. They've kept it entirely secret, mm-hmm. and they decided to test it over U.S. airspace. Where else would you do that? During peacetime. Yep. This is the coldest of the Cold War. Yeah. yeah there's no war happening. It's just real cold. <laughs> this this war's so cold, it's actually, it's not even, <laughs> it's not, we're all just frozen still. It's, this this war is so cold, it's actually peace. <laughs> so, But the Ruskies never trusted us. So they've been sending they alien ships. Yeah, I love those sinkholes that they just keep finding in random places in Siberia. The perfectly round sinkholes that just go into nowhere in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Love that shit. And we all just look at it and go... Oh. Drilling. Cool. I guess we'll... What are they searching for? We'll just move on. Don't worry about it. I guess it. we'll forget about that in six months because yeah. some politician will say something stupid. Well, the, to yeah. teach us not to care about what's out there. Well, that yeah, that is our version of old mate in his fake home. Yeah. When Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> comes and shoots, in a way, we are we are all in our own version of that fake weird house, convincing ourselves that we're not actually on an alien spaceship. We're just in Nevada and everything's fine. But we are on a spaceship, Sam. It's called Spaceship Earth. We are hurtling oh. through the void at untold speeds around well, it's, it's told. a burning, so it's got a pretty good idea. Yep. burning ball of stuff that will eventually stop burning. But we're not before it destroys us all. Our spaceship will go wherever it needs to and hit something eventually. But no, then, we're going to get eaten by the sun. That's why we all need to get on... That's why we're going to get on Elon Musk's ship. Oh, uh, not the penis one? No. Oh, okay. Cool. No, Elon Musk Musk's is... looks a little bit less like a penis. Yeah. Well, it could, well, it couldn't look more. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. This was our review of The Signal. Uh, we need to put it on the list. So It's not as good as Oculus. Okay, all right. So as some of you may know, we're not scoring <laughs> Brenton Thwaites <laughs> movies out of 10 or anything like that. We're creating an overall ranking of all of Brenton's movies from our most favorite to least preferred. So... <laughs> Going up, so starting at the bottom of the list, because we can. there's not that many on it yet. Is this better than Charge Over You? Yep. Is this better than uh-huh. Blue Lagoon colon The Awakening? It is. Is this better than... Is this better than Save Your Legs? Yes. Is this better than Oculus? No. It's not, isn't it? It is better than Save Your Legs, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I it's think got, Brenton's it, performance in this is more than it is in Oculus. Mm-hmm. But I feel as though Oculus is a better movie that utilizes Brenton's performance. Yeah, he does get to give a stronger, more interesting performance here. But as an overall film, it's like Oculus is a is a really tight and effective story, it works. and this has lots of cool stuff going on in it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's disjointed and it's 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 two it's two or three good films could have been great mushed together in a sort of chaotic way. But with lots of really strong ingredients. So it's definitely... I get more out of this than Save Your Legs, to be honest with you. Yep. Um, because of just 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 the uh, the visually appealing nature of what's on screen. 
Yes. I mean, compared to Stephen Curry, not to have a go. Yeah, compared to some random Australians going to India to play cricket. You're a great bloke, Steve, but you're not Lawrence Fishburne in a big hazmat suit. That is very true. Next to a cow in doing, Area 51. Doing weird shit. And the cow throwing something in a window. And then hiding behind a pole and like peeking out like, Mm. the theme isn't about like the inner voice about logic and emotion. Like the theme is about superpowers Mm -hmm. because these these guys basically become X-Men. Yeah, and, and she's got stuff in her back that he notices, so she's yeah, been operating. Yeah, but I don't know why she well. does, she doesn't get a proper thing. Well, we don't. Her her superpower is being in a coma. Yeah, her her superpower. Yeah, her superpower is being a passive character. <laughs> she is finding her superpower is the writers finding ever new ways for her to be even more passive than she was before. She manages to regain consciousness towards the end of the film for a while before immediately being incapacitated. She again. gets into the truck and then the truck starts and, then and he chases it, it down her. and then she's holding a gun. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Now the truck's ours. Why a- that guy didn't notice her in his truck and then mm. drive away, we don't know. The film, It's about mortality, surely. More. And and in and superpowers and Brenton struggling to come to terms with his deteriorating body, but then he's given this superpower, but you know, but but at the loss of his own agency or humanity or something like or that. Or legs. Yeah. Well, definitely at the loss of his legs, yeah. but at the gain of super legs. Ex- well, exactly. The six billion dollar kid. Yeah. Runs real fast. N- Jonah's. <laughs> Jonah's punches have the power of kicks. <laughs> it's kick punches. Jonah's punches have the power of <laughs> Nick's kicks. Nick's kick. Kicking Nick. That would be if he made it back to Earth. So the question is, can he just kick his way off that spaceship now? Yeah, into space and die. Well, maybe he has a breathing superpower as well. What he could do is wait until they land and then just kick off the ground real, real fast back the way they came. <laughs> yeah. Space and, that, kick. and then he'd be fine. <laughs> and then he'd return. To area 2.3.5.41. It's my favorite area. Wow. What you, a great they twist. Could, they could zoom out more and more to reveal that like Earth and the solar system is inside an even larger one of their spaceships. <laughs> so there's no way out. But, it, and, but then if you keep zooming out, isn't you know, the universe just a spaceship in a different way? Exactly. Aren't we all? So, so what even? So, what even is things? You know, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you've been enjoying the show, you can follow us. You can keep track of what's going on on Twitter at Exceptional Pod or on Instagram at Exceptional Thieves, or send us an email at exceptionalthieves at gmail We will be back next week with Maleficent. Well, the giver is next on the Wikipedia filmography, but I'll check the release dates. It's it's all 2014 now, baby. We've got a little big... But on IMDb, Maleficent is listed before The Giver. Well, I don't know what you want me to... What do you want me to tell you? Whatever. Okay, It'll be all right, fine. Let's do Maleficent. Maleficent. Let's do Maleficent then. Let's do Maleficent twice. Cool, cool. I'd, Instead of I'd The I'd Giver. I'd love to not watch The Giver. <laughs> well, don't, <laughs> be, don't be negative about it. This is a Brenton Thwaites appreciation I podcast. I appreciate Brenton. And I would like us to... We need to appreciate... The vehicles that bring us Brenton, all right? <sighs> we appreciate him and the horse he rode in on, yeah. all right? Unless it's fucking charge over you. I'm I'm warming more and more to it as time oh, goes by. Not. I'm seeing things I didn't see the first time. What? I want like, 
I want a spin-off for that lecture. Bitch slamming Angel. You're seeing him more than you saw the first time, the three minutes. I want a sequel called Charge Charge Over Ouija. And it's just the story of all the girls of the Ouija board. What the fuck was the and Ouija just, board? That movie was so weird. That let Dane in. Is it Dane? The, it was the Dane, demon. Yeah. Dane the is his name Dane the Demon? Yep. <laughs> I feel like that's a demon themes. Who's just become? Who's just come to Earth and has to think of a name immediately? Really quick. Uh, Dane. Dane. Yeah. D- I'm a Dane. <laughs> Dane is my name. Hey, demon. Your... What's your name? Oh, take da- those two words. <laughs> put them together. Dane. My name is Deem. Or. <laughs> Yes, Japanese. It's fake Japanese. That's what that is. No, um, on my mother's side. But I was adopted. Oh, yeah, it's my natural color. I'm... No, these are contact lenses. I'm a demon, so I'm I'm, I'm going to give this up now. But look, I'm... Oh, but I'm not here for you, so don't no. Worry I just about want to make out a few times and then have you kick me out of the room. I'm here to. I'm. I'm. I'm actually here to predate on the student down the hall, so don't worry about it. She's flirting with believing evolution, so she's vulnerable to me. <laughs> Great film. Check it out, guys. All right. Thanks, bye. Guys. Bye, Christine. Bye, Christine.